Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, we are live and ready to go with another edition of the MedTech Talent Lab live edition right here on social media, primarily LinkedIn. It's Mitch Robbins and Adam Sapi coming to you from the Anthony Michael Group. If you're joining us for the first time, the Anthony Michael Group, we serve organizations across the MedTech space, medical device, digital health, diagnostics organizations to help them secure talent. We do recruiting areas primarily like regulatory affairs and quality, some of the other technical functions like engineering. Simultaneous to this live show that we do each and every week at 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern, we have the recorded version of the MedTech Talent Lab, which you can check out on just about any podcast platform uh, where you consume podcast content, where we interview best-in-class leaders directly from the industry on all things talent-related. So, Adam, as always, man, thank you for co-captaining this live show. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. The uh, weather's warming up here in Colorado, so it it helps with the mood. That is for sure. We had uh, 70 degrees yesterday, and I heard a high of 71 today, so we definitely cannot complain in our neck of the woods, can we? It's crazy. I owe you kudos and and credit for today's topic, and that is how do you retain talent after you've passed them over for a recent promotion? And secondly, what are some reasons that you would want to stay with a company when they've, you know, potentially just snuffed you for a promotion that you really thought you had a chance for? And I owe you credit because you've been, we talked about this earlier, and that is that you've talked to a lot of people right now who are in this boat who are thinking about potentially making a change and moving to another organization because they got passed over. And so today, together, we really want to give some strategies of how do you comfort that talent, so to speak, I use that term loosely, and actionable strategies you could put in place to up the ante when it comes to your retention strategy for these types of folks, and then maybe some food for thought for the talent that just got passed over for this promotion. So I'm going to pull up because, again, the technology we use, it doesn't show live comments on screens. I'm going to pull up my phone and pull up our stream, but I'm going to hand it over to you to kind of kick us off here. And uh, and kind of make the introduction to this topic and some thoughts that you have. Absolutely. And to your point, yeah, I, I have had several of these conversations in the last couple of weeks. And it's also hopefully timely for, hey, we're in March. What's it March 2nd today? This is the time of year when everyone in regulatory gets their bonuses. So the hiring managers kind of hold their breath. Hey, your bonus went out on a Friday. And then they kind of hold their breath and see who's leaving on Monday because that's inevitable. That's the time of year that we're in. So hopefully some of the strategies can go towards that as well. But yes, you just had a big promotion. Maybe it's at the manager level. Maybe it's a director level. Maybe it's a principal, whatever it is. You Inevitably, you have, I would say, three to five really strong internal candidates in most cases. And maybe you have had more. Maybe you had only one person internally and, and a handful of folks externally. But usually, especially with a larger company, there are a couple people jockeying for that position. And you can only hire one of them. So that means there's a lot of, you know, long faces. And um, one thing I, I feel like some hiring managers and some companies miss the mark on is empathy, you know, empathizing with the candidate because 
maybe you've been in there. Maybe you really wanted a promotion early in your career and you didn't get it. And you know how defeating that can be or deflating. Just be real with them. You know, I mean, you know, not to, you know, minimize or not, not to go off script too far, but have that human connection. Gosh, you know what? This was a really tough decision. I just want you to know, I really feel for you. This is a bummer. I wish we could have hired you for this or whatever it is. Just be real with them. I think that goes a long ways. That's really my first step in, uh, in, in this whole strategy. And I want to stop you there for a second, because guys, if you're listening to this live, we'd love to hear from you. Chime in, either give us the social media love if you're getting value from this so that more of your colleagues can see this stream or leave a comment or a question below. We'll take them on head on. But yeah, Adam, I agree with you. I think sometimes we can be, we're not being cold and calculated, but we're kind of just going through, you know, checkbox. Okay, we made the decision. We promoted this person. Thank you for your interest. And we're going to move on. Versus the real, hey, I get it. Look, I've been in your position before where I've wanted a position. And, and like you said, empathizing and validating kind of sounds like some of the parenting stuff I'm I'm dealing with right now with my own children, but we all are, it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal. Empathize and, and validate. Go on. So that's number one. What's the next piece? And especially on that front, you know, let's say you had seven other people you have to let down. I mean, that's taxing for you too. So I get it. You want to, you know, keep the line moving as busy as you are, but really take that extra time. It'll go a long way for, for retention. The second step I always, I recommend is be as transparent as you can, because you would be shocked how many people call me and they say, hey, I just got passed up for this promotion. I really wanted it. Um, I'm sorry to hear it. I'm trying to empathize. Why didn't you get it? You know what? I don't, I honestly don't know. It was, hey, you know, you can't say you're not a cultural fit. You're already working there. And you, you know, it's just, hey, it was a tough decision. We didn't hire you. We hired somebody else. You'd be surprised by how many times they don't give a real transparent answer on why you didn't get it. So then you're left wondering, well, gosh, is it me personally? Do do they not like me? I'm out of here. So I get that you can only share so much, but hey, it was a really tough decision. It came down to yourself and one other person. We're hiring that person. And just so you know, it's because she has more FDA submission experience or she has, you know, she's led a, a larger team, especially with offshore folks, whatever it is that you can share that's relatable. Then the person's thinking, okay, well, so it's not just me. It's not me personally. There's something that I'm lacking today, but then, and that's part of my strategy too, is to help them connect the dots. But then they're thinking, okay, so fast forward three years from now, how do I get that promotion? They're already, the wheels are already going rather than this company doesn't like me. I don't have a future here. So guess what? I'm calling three recruiters and I'm going to I'm gonna start interviewing elsewhere. Yeah, I think that piece is a huge nugget as far as helping the person who had their hopes up and was trying to, you know, um, compete for this position, didn't get it. Helping them understand why you didn't go that direction. You know, this person, like you said, we've chose this person because of X, Y, and Z and helping them to have some concrete insights as to what were they, why, why? And give them an opportunity. I think I don't want to lead too much into the next piece, but really uh, helping them understand why. What's yeah. the next piece, Adam? That's exactly it. And that's and that's helping them color in the picture. You know, hey, you know, here. so here's what you can do. One, one I would say this too, be realistic in terms of timelines, because a lot of folks, especially with larger companies, they feel like, hey, these opportunities, especially at the manager or director level, are few and far between. If I don't get this job, I'm stuck for the next three to five years. And do I want to put my time in? And then I'm not even guaranteed to get that. So that's their assumption. So if that's not accurate in terms of timeline, get ahead of that. Hey, just so you know, you know, again, this was a tough decision. 
you know, Mary's planning to retire in the next 18 months. Her position's opening up, which, you know, causes the the chain of command. You're going to have another shot at this before you know it. So here's what we can do between now and then. I can help you get your RAC certification. I can help you, you know, although we can't give you direct reports now because you didn't get this promotion, maybe we can have interns, you know, report to you, or you can do one-on-ones with the technical writers or, you know, help sit in on some interviews and provide mentorship and guidance to some of the more junior members that are they're coming on the team and have indirect reports. And that's going to help you get in a position. So 18 months down the road, 20 months down the road, when this new man, another manager position rolls up, you're going to be in a much better position to go out and get that job. And I'm going to help you. I know you want that promotion. I'll be sad to see you leave. But at the same point, uh, I'm going to do everything under my power to help you, you know, get get the next one. And that could be, again, Maybe they fell flat on technical questions or behavioral-based questions. So you can even role play that. Or if they're missing something, hey, let's get you involved in projects in Asia Pacific, or let's get you more involved in the EU MDR project so that you're more well-rounded, your breadth and depth of experience. So that again, you know, when this next promotion comes up, you're going to be the front runner. So let's kind of recap, because I think you've given three primary strategies <laughs> in a very short amount of time of what you can do so that if you pass over somebody for a promotion... How do you do your best to retain that talent and give them some encouragement going forward to want to stay with you? First is empathize and validate the fact that yep. this is a bummer that they really wanted this. Second is help them explain to the best of your ability why didn't they get the job. And then the third is what are you going to do from a coaching or a mentorship or, you know, creating an opportunity for them going forward to help them be better prepared next time around? when the opportunity does come up. Is that what you're saying? Exactly right. And then to piggyback on that too, they're bummed. Like you said, hey, take the weekend to lick your wounds or hey, let's go have dinner together or something. Give the appropriate amount of time to be upset by this. That's fair. But then you need to really double down on re-engaging this person because you've got to assume they have one foot out the door now because of this. So if you've done the other three steps you know, effectively, now you really need to uh, re-engage that person. Hey, so again, here's our plan of attack so that in 21 months, when this other position opens up, you're going to get this job. In the meantime, let's not forget about X, Y, and Z. We have a PMA that we're working on. We have a 510K submission in May. We have clinical data, you know, clinical trials going. We have all these other things and really promote other growth and development opportunities as well. So in between this, this and the big promotion, we can also take some milestones that are still going to be wins for you. So let's not, you know, it's not doom and gloom. You were happy in your role three months ago before we rolled out this position. So let's not forget that. And let's, you know, maybe rehash all the things that you you were and are excited about with the company, with the team, with your current role, and then really, really, you know, pour onto that in, in terms of keeping them engaged and re- re-engaging them for the future. Because I think some people maybe don't do that strong enough either. And then even if somebody says, yeah, I didn't get the job because I haven't worked with the Korean market. So I'm going to try to work on that now. But now I was hoping to get that job. So now I'm like, eh, I could do this principal job standing on my head. I'm not really as excited about it. They didn't do me do a good job of keeping me reengaged. So why don't I just look for other other promotions elsewhere? So I think I, <laughs> I would only, I would go one step further. I would call call the elephant out in the room. Hey, if I were in your position, I'd probably be thinking, okay, well, this didn't work. So I'm going to try to start exploring opportunities. Yeah. On one hand, you know, so-and-so, I can't blame you. I'd probably feel the same way. On the other hand, let me give you some perspective as to why this isn't maybe as bad as you think it is. Here's kind of, and then cast your vision. Really good. Yeah, Here's really good what's strategy. Going on, yeah. Right? So yeah. you're calling out the elephant in the room. You're basically saying, look, I get it. If I were in your position, I'd probably start thinking that too as a knee jerk. I'm going to start exploring where I can get promoted. 
because yeah. somebody and maybe another company will think that I'm ready for this. Yep. Before you get, you know, that far down the line, let me kind of explain my method or, you know, my uh, logic behind this and what I see for you here. That's awesome. And I think that yeah. ropes somebody back in and say, okay, they do care about me. Maybe I really wasn't ready. They're going to help yeah. me. This yep. is already a known entity to me. I think maybe I should, you know, kind of listen to what they're saying and give them an opportunity to, to prove themselves right. Heck yeah, that authenticity is really key. And I'm just thinking, I just thought of this when you were talking, maybe there's something you can do as a manager and have that teed up with HR or your HR business partner. Gosh, you know, this person's going to be really bummed. I can't afford to lose them. They're an integral part of the team. Hey, guess what? Here's the bad news. You're not getting this. And then you go through those steps and then maybe the little icing on the cake is, hey, guess what though? We were able to get you a bump in compensation. Here you go. Let's roll that out. Yeah. That that helps, right? Yeah, I'd the weekend. Say. I'd I didn't say. get the promotion, but, you know, my, my compensation went up by X amount or, you know, retention bonus or whatever, you know, stronger than a Starbucks gift card, but doesn't need to necessarily be a $10,000 pay increase, but something in good faith to show, hey, we value you as a team. I'm sorry for for this, you know, for this short-term loss. And then let's get the, the long-term gains. And, and then in the meantime, you know, here's what I was able to do because we value you. And it okay. could be somebody who is in is truly already in the succession plan who just wasn't ready and there's somebody else who's ready. However, you do see a bright future for that person being a, a star in the organization and you got to make that known. Yeah. And I think the whole the whole overarching message that, you know, outside of these actual strategies that we want you to have is you've got to be, like you said, authentic and you have to communicate with them. And you have to empathize, right? Yeah. And you have to, it's human. I, the word I'm looking for is humanize. Make this a, yeah. you're dealing with a human being whose life, they have goals, they have dreams, and you basically just shut it down, a valid reason, let's assume. Yeah. But you have to help them kind of come back for that. Otherwise, they truly are, like you said, the next phone call they take is from the recruiter who they just said no to uh, three and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And that's a, a really good point. I just saw a post the other day on LinkedIn. It was about how to how to be a bad farmer or something like that. And it was kind of tongue in cheek, but it was like, one thing you don't do is pull up your crops before they're ready, right? If you pulled a, a carrot and it's not fully developed, that's bad for everybody, right? So you can have that conversation. Hey, you know, this is a team of six. I'm, you're going to be ready. I know for a fact you'll, you'll be an effective leader. If we did this now, it's only going to, you're going to be underwater and it's going to be a bad scenario. You're just not ready. And here's why. So I'm actually protecting you. I know it doesn't feel like that right now. Um, I'm protecting the team, but I'm also, I want to work on two or three different things with you in the next 15 months and you'll thank me for it. That way, when you get in there, you'll be in a much better position to succeed. So yeah, that's great insight. And sometimes it's tough for Adam and I, you know, because we're talking to a camera and it's live, it's broadcasting live. And I, I'm curious for those who are listening live, if there's any feedback that you have, is it, is this helpful? One, two, have we taught you something that you didn't necessarily think about today? Or three, are you doing something different that you feel like has worked that that others can learn from you? We'd love to hear from you in the comments or, uh, you know, by way of the social media likes, because I think this is a huge topic. I know for a fact between Adam and I, we have talked to so many people in the last several weeks who have called us and said, you know what, I, I was I told you no a couple of weeks ago because I really thought I was getting this promotion. I didn't. Yep. You know, screw them. I, I'm ready to go. Let's start interviewing. Yep. And this is where this topic spurned from, because I'm thinking how many organizations are watching their talent walk out the door because they didn't take these steps that you and I are outlining today. Yeah. And I would love, like you just said, I would love to hear from everyone. Hey, what strategies are you using and what's being effective? But also, if you don't have any strategies, put yourself in that situation. Hey, last time you were up for a promotion, 
that you didn't get, and I'm assuming it's happened sometime within your 20 or 30 year career. One, did you stay? And if so, why did you stay? And if you didn't stay, you know, that that's telling as well. Um, what did that organization fail to do to keep you there? Um, I think those would be blatant uh, answers as well. Uh, you sure. know, if, if 65% of the people that didn't get a promotion ended up leaving, that would be interesting data. I, I'd love to see that. Yeah. I think we've got uh, some shy folks today. I bet you if I said, hey, you're going to win an, uh, a new iPad. I, uh, all good. Listen, we're here every Wednesday, just about every Wednesday, 11 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Eastern. We'll talk about all things talent here on the MedTech Talent Lab Live Edition. If you enjoyed this, uh, come back next week for, for more content. We usually try and switch off between hiring topics and career slash candidate topics. You can check out the MedTech Talent Lab on the podcast platform of your choice, where we interview best-in-class leaders directly from the industry. Got a variety of episodes coming out uh, in the very near future with a pipeline of leaders coming on to talk to us in the next couple of weeks, which I'm excited about. And then um, if we can help you in any way, whether it's you know your own career questions in MedTech or how to deal with urgent and critical searches that don't seem to be going anywhere, tension issues, whatever it may be, we're always here. Adam, I'll leave it to you for any last final words before we sign off for the week. You said it well, yeah. I, I think that's a good jumping off point. So excited to uh, continue to serve the the community this week. And oh, well, I guess one one final thing is I'm I'm really excited about the early implementation, the go live of of our brass group. Um, we're starting to see some early engagement already. Folks asking questions and starting you know setting up study groups for Rack and and stuff like that. So it's it's really exciting to see you know kind of it becoming what I and you you and I had had hoped and dreamed it, it might be. So, so yeah, thank you for all that that have already joined and. If you know somebody who might find value in in uh, joining, you know, shoot them a note or or connect with Mitch or myself. We'd we'd love to have them. Tell the audience real quick what is Brass? Yeah, so hashtag Brass, uh, Bold Regulatory Affairs Specialist Society. So it's a community. It's a platform designed uh, solely for specialists, and that's RA specialists, seniors, principals, up to probably a project manager or staff, depending on what organization you are. And and folks are you know really bouncing ideas off each other. We're not sharing IP. We're not sharing anything that, that's sensitive information, but it's just a, a platform to ha extend the, the group of your colleagues or peers, especially if you're on an island. You know, we know a lot of regulatory folks really are a team of one. Uh, this is a perfect chance to, uh, to speak with folks. And even if you are on a team of 20 or 30, you know, again, most of the time your teams are singularly focused. And so it's always good to get perspective from from people around the country and, you know, in, in different, in different organizations. So yeah, we're really excited to uh, serve that community as well. So guys, if you're in MedTech and you're a <laughs> regulatory affairs specialist at any of those levels, and you want access to this community, that's not on social media anywhere, you need a private login and you want to network with peers from across the country and hear from mentors and residents that we have available to you who are RAQA experts on staff to answer questions. You want a free to you career course that goes from A to Z about how to manage your own career journey. All you got to do is simply leave a comment below saying interested or feel free to direct message us privately and uh, we will set you up with that login to the Bold Regulatory Affairs Specialist Society. And I was going to say, if you're an associate or an intern or you're, you're just graduating with your master's in regulatory, hit me up. I have a soft spot for it. If, if you're like, hey, I'm not quite a specialist yet, but I want to see what it's like, you know, message me. I'll, I'll probably accept you into the group. There you go. All right, guys. Well, thanks uh, for being here this week. If you're listening to this back in the future, we hope that you get a lot of value from it. And uh, we look forward to another episode next Wednesday. Have a great, have a great uh, yeah. afternoon, Adam. Great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show 
on your favorite podcast platform. 